0: Brian Friends, a podcast about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Bruce Simmons. This week's episode, um, I sat down and watched the film Quincy on Netflix. It's a documentary detailing the life and career of crazy amazing producer and songwriter, composer, orchestrator, ranger, um, trump player too, Quincy Jones. Who we all know and love. And if you're like me, you probably knew or thought you knew a lot about what he did and who he is. And then you watch this and your mind will be blown. So get ready. Um, and joining me in this episode, um, if you've listened before, uh, two returning guests. Dante Tumanello, who's the man friend and also a crazy good animator and artist. Um, worked on Bojack Horseman on Netflix and the upcoming Netflix, another Netflix original, Tuca and Birdie. Um, also, uh, MTV's Greatest Party Stories Ever and other great things. Check them out. Um, and Matt Kopecki, who was in the first ever Brian Friends episode, he is a uh, bassist and lead singer in the Chicago bass band Oblio and Arrow. And um, he has other cool projects coming out, working on an album with Oblio right now, I believe. You know. So another musician in the field to uh you know fangirl over Quincy Jones with. Um, so let's just jump right on into the episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to Bree and Friends.
1: Hey, Woo! hey, kids.
0: <laughs> Krusty the Clown. Yeah. Um so as I said in le intro, the and friends portion of this uh episode includes Dante Tumanello.
1: Hi everybody.
0: And Matt Copecki.
1: Hello.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Uh, but I would ask that if you wanted more from than just hello, but I wasn't expecting an answer back. <laughs> I know what you guys are doing well, so I was just keeping it a hello
1: hello everybody
0: hi everybody (laughs) um so i'm taking these headphones off i'm getting an echo uh so uh, we watched the documentary quincy not all together but i think we i i definitely i think we saw it the day after him was it the day after when did you see it matt
2: oh probably like four or five days ago i watched it um Unfortunately, I watched in two i i I am a really bad movie watcher in the sense that even things that I was really anticipating I'll break up into two nights, so I think it was i don't know Thursday, Friday, both like late night type things, but uh cool. it was fantastic. How about you guys? You guys saw it together or
0: we did
1: Yeah, we watched it uh, well last it's, night two it's nights it's ago Friday night, I think two nights ago,
0: man, I think it's best to break that apart. In two parts because there's just a lot to take in. There's, it's not like deep or heavy stuff. Well, it is, but not like, you know, in a draining kind of way. More (coughs) of a holy shit, this man.
1: Basically shaped modern music.
0: Basically shaped fucking American pop culture.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, when we were, or when we were uh, texting a little bit about it yesterday uh, about doing this. I was saying, uh, you know, just kind of stupid analogy. Yeah. It's like, uh, exactly if pop, American pop culture were some sort of like spiderweb, uh, Quincy Jones would definitely be like a big thread going through the middle of that kind of like all these different things jetting out of things he's done, whether it be, I mean, this, you know, ever you know, watch documentary, you know that. And, but, uh, the way it's laid out really kind of just shows the, you know,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I knew Quincy Jones was amazing. Is amazing. He's still here, and I just, I just didn't realize how much he did. Like, I in such a short time too. Like everything, it felt like it was like one after the other. The other. Well, yeah, that's that's what I liked
2: about the way the story was told. Is that it kind of shows uh for lack of better way of putting it like his just his kind of like almost manic need to create and just keep pushing himself Mm -hmm. and you know and uh and the way that the story is like laid out in the sense of like you know following through whatever was maybe like i'm guessing 2016 or whenever it was filmed like having him you know catching them during those like health scares and then just naturally anyone would get kind of reflective over their life. And then especially if you're an older man who's done so much, uh, using that as kind of being the catalyst to go back and look at his entire career. And I thought that was what was uh, so moving about it is just the way that they told that story rather than some sort of chronological. And then he did this. And then he, it's like,
0: Oh yeah.
2: it, it was just a, it was a it very. A bit. I'm sorry.
0: It said it did jump around a bit. I like that.
2: Yeah, but that's what I think kept it very, like, like using that current time and that, like, big lead-up that it was, uh, the opening for the museum was, like, his health scares and that was, like, the pivot point to then go back and tell what, like, a lot of his career chronologically. And uh, by being able to kind of switch back and forth through those two timelines, I thought it's a way to really sort of keep somebody engaged who might not even – you know, know much about them or be a musician or, you know, they might just appreciate a good documentary. And, uh, I think, you know, that definitely is one. I mean, it was it awesome. I thought it was really moving. Oh yes. Yeah.
0: Oh man. I had a whole thing afterwards. The day after, or actually maybe five, 10 minutes after I got actually super down. So at first I was pretty hyped afterwards i'm like look at everything he did and then like the next minute i'm like oh my god look at everything he did and what am i doing <laughs> you know but
1: yeah the... <laughs> you really did beat yourself i up.
0: did i did but that's just because he's so amazing
1: yeah
2: there's so many uh you know ways to, i that's easy to get in that sort of frame of thought too but it's just you know hard to even compare i mean Quincy Jones, if yeah. he were twenty six or whatever now, um, you know, I, I'm sure he would be doing great things. But it's it would be an entirely different path just because it's an entirely yeah. different world.
0: That's what I was gonna say too. Go on. As I was gonna say that too, like he, it. I'll go over it later, like all the little things. But he got to start out really young just because musicians like that that were. Bigger and had more like clout in the game. They were really accessible. Like you could go to a gig and go talk to them afterwards, pick their brains and shit. Like now you couldn't get near anybody. No, no. <laughs> for good reason because some people are just crazy. No. But <laughs> maybe
1: some of the jazz clubs. Yeah. But.
0: But unfortunately, that's not like the place big, to be anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the other thing is. Yeah. Like any... <laughs> oh, sorry. The other thing is. Why, why I stopped uh beating myself up for a little bit. I'm like, you know, the great thing about music, and this has really nothing to do with Quincy Jones. It's really everybody. The great thing about music or art of any form, it's like, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, if you love it, you like what you're doing, keep going at it, you know? Because there are plenty of people who are <laughs> taking that and running with it and more power to them. But... And I think his story really does help to open up how vast the music world is and how it can, you know, you can't see the hand motion I'm making. But, like, (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for? Dip into, Yeah, go into, like, other forms of art or life. But, yeah.
2: One thing I really like Um, seeing in that documentary is, like, I don't even know if it was it was it was kind of just like a side note that I think he just had to pick up on was all the moments of him watching other performers and how just in love with music he seems it's not you know like all the all the whatever that comes along with it the accolades and the money of course anyone who's really going to enjoy those things too hopefully but uh, it's, he just seemed so humble to the music and the way he spoke about music the way he looked at young younger artists and like held them up and moved them along throughout his whole career and just you know there was I forget who he was talking to but it seemed like they were not as engaged and he was he said something and I actually quoted this earlier just to my buddy who's getting a little uh in his own head about trying to find some unique approach to photography but I I was talking I mentioned Quincy Jones telling this younger artist kind of just in like awe of the the capacity of music and what you could do with it. But like, you know, everyone from Bach to Ray Charles to you you name it, you know, they are choosing from those same 12 notes, just different combinations and different, you know, of of rhythm and melody. But that's where everything comes from, you know, from, you know, it's all under that umbrella. And like the way he's saying it, I mean, that's such a simple thought and everyone kind of knows it. But when you hear it from a master and when you hear the – uh, just love and the still, the, the wonderment of music and the craft and his way of telling it. It's, that's what I think is so inspiring. Like someone who's just so continually humble to the craft, even though the whole world knows that they're a fucking, just a treasure to the whole world.
0: Dr. Dre is like, do you know who you are?
2: <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, and <laughs> Dr. Dre is Dr. Dre saying that
1: you could argue he is in that. You could argue he is in that same class where he's a master, popular in his own time, like Salvador Dali, Picasso, Tchaikovsky. Like I think you could argue that. Look at the body, Look at how he's shaped. Oh, you don't
0: even have to argue it. That's what
1: <laughs> I mean. That you, it sounded like you were gonna argue with No, it I for was just pretty excited there.
0: about Tchaikovsky because I love me some Tchaikovsky. No, I, I,
2: love- no, I think uh, that's exactly right. And I think, like, uh, you know, for a younger kid who is just wanting to check out um, a cool documentary, and all of a sudden, you know, they they know who Dr. Dre is and they might respect the shit out of him, but they don't really know Quincy. And they see mm-hmm. the respect that Dr. Dre, they're going to just want to get into that more and more. And I, I just thought it was a really um, accept, uh, digestible, but artistic, like just a moving way of telling that whole story. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think every like year I could probably watch it for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe not in two nights. Just
0: make an event out of it, your annual Quincy party
2: that is true see i always think i'm like disrespecting the art if i when i do that which is honestly nine times out of ten
1: i i am splitting out movies um
0: i tried to watch stripes last night and fell asleep so i mean it's fine. yeah fun. we
1: still have to finish watching stripes
2: <laughs> you know what uh I, depending on the age of everyone listening to this they would maybe get bummed yeah i never i don't think i've ever seen it in fall either um a lot of those like early 80s or whatever comedies that i just uh didn't really grow up with them and i'm a little too young for them like uh so i don't know i, I just never
1: you know. yeah i came in right i came in right at that point where uh i remember seeing the last few of them mainly cuz of like I a few older cousins but yeah i like i remember seeing stripes when i was like maybe 4 four or five and it's like you know i remember something but not much
2: yeah exactly it's it's definitely ingrained like i could picture the characters and you know even know some of the jokes just from them being quoted throughout our lifetimes but do heck can i say honestly that i've seen it in full probably not but yeah i mean i did happen you know my brother had you know like ferris bueller and things like oh, that yeah. but some of those uh <laughs> who, who was the director for? Uh...
1: John Hughes.
2: Yes, thank you. So, a lot of his movies I missed, actually. Yeah, did he do. Who did Groundhog Day?
0: Oh, was that John Hughes? Uh,
2: I don't uh... think that was. Ferris Bueller was. I believe. I could be wrong about that, too. Yeah. Like Animal House, I know that's even a little bit earlier, but I never even saw that one. It was more like. 20 I 20 think you are also thinking
1: of some of the. What's the. It's. The, the, the newspaper for Harvard, the uh, oh, National Lampoon, yeah, National Lampoon. It's like that under that category of uh, stuff, some of that stuff.
0: Harold Ramis, did groundhog.
1: Day. Harold Ramis. there you go.
0: There's that. All right, sorry, off topic. Um, <laughs> what was I? Even well, saying? It turns out
2: actually Quincy Jones yeah. knew Harold, he <laughs>
0: might. Who doesn't Quincy Jones know? Uh,
2: I wouldn't doubt it, honestly, but I just How was segueing saying, back.
0: Everyone, like, everyone they showed in this uh, documentary, I was waiting for Bill Clinton. I'm like, they're not going to show Bill. He has to know Bill Clinton. Every-
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Bill Clinton has been in every freaking modern jazz or music documentary I've seen, actually.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Well, we have to have a spot for Bill.
0: Bless his heart. Um, but he's he's just so well-respected. But there's also, like you were saying, like he admires these people too. Like, he is such, it seems like anyway, I don't know him personally, but such a genuine, nice, like, art. and just beautiful person. Like, of course he'll tell you about yourself if you're not, you know, I guess up to par. I have heard stories of him, but... Other than that, like, he just, I think he just has too much love for the music and the art form itself to be, you know, anything less than gracious. And it's like. He's
1: also a professional, too.
0: Yes. He's been doing it a while.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, to be, you know, that in awe of the music and to respect and to respect the music that much doesn't necessarily mean you're going to suffer fools. It means that, like, if you see someone else faking it or you see someone dialing it in, not giving a shit, maybe be out of your respect for the music, it might turn you into that asshole for a second, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. that's just because someone's disrespecting something that you've given your entire being to. Um, and then then in that case, it's like, get out of the game. Or uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But... I don't think it's, like, mutually exclusive.
0: You don't get many humble musicians like him, you know?
1: Musicians, Well, 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 that's the other thing. He's probably... I mean, I'm sure musicians back in the day got big heads about him, but, I mean, there was still more of that humble nature. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, but back in the day, it's not like music was new, like Beethoven was 700-something. You know what I mean? Years ago from now. But I feel like... Back then, you didn't. It wasn't that big a thing to be a musician. And then when they came up, like they started being more I mean, seen one, or seen as a celebrity, they were still in that phase of, "Well, I'm just glad to be playing. Like this is just what I want to do." You know? Yeah. It wasn't seen as a. Uh,
1: I mean, hell, his grandmother was a
0: a slave. A yeah, doesn't I mean like he come from humble beginning, and not just um. Musicians of color either. I mean, even the white. Right, but I'm just like, saying just... it it
1: is the the amount of time between Well yes. Those two worlds, <laughs> it's only a hundred years.
0: Like his bu- his bus driver or their bus driver in one of the bands he was in had to go in the restaurants
2: mm-hmm. and get
0: their food for them. The white That's bus insane. driver, yeah. Yeah. That... Like the whole what did I call it? Shucking and jiving thing. Like, well, we can't come in your establishment, but if we come in singing and dancing, you love us. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't touch you. Well,
1: it's, uh, as as we
2: it was we an, an it. interesting, it was an interesting note to hear how much oh. Sinatra had to do with changing that. Like, oh, like yes. Yeah.
0: I did not expect that at all. Like, I didn't know they, Knew of it. Well, yeah, I didn't know they knew of each I, other. Yeah, I didn't, wouldn't yeah, even think didn't to place them in the same time. You know, yeah. like they started. Were they playing the best is yet to come? And I was like super shocked. I'm like, wait, pause.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he
0: fucking did the best is yet to come. And then I made a joke, even though I love Michael Bublé for like really stupid reasons. But that's. Be- oh. <laughs> I wonder how Quincy feels about Michael Bublé singing and stuff.
1: I mean, that was the thing. Is that he was friends with Count Basie, yeah, and that's kind of how he got his foot in the door, and then because he from was there. a jazz musician, and yeah, he was a he was a trumpet player when he started off.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wrote down this quote he said when he was younger. He said he couldn't control the shit around him, you know, the slavery, not slavery, um, racism, racism, and poverty, and all this shit. But he could control music. I'm like, wow, what a fucking not like a prolific quote but it's just you know something to think about like uh. oh yeah that
2: definitely resonated <laughs> quite a bit i mean not the obviously the like the what his hardships were versus mine but just like
0: just anything you know
2: the idea of being able to you know like okay well i can control this you know and uh yeah that's mm-hmm. for sure man
1: I mean, the more and more I think about it, the fact that he, from his beginnings, he was able to, you know, go to France, start this band, work (laughs) under this, you know, master of composition, come back to the States, work for Frank Sinatra, then, you know, work with Henry Mancini and like, out in Hollywood and do all this, and... This whole time, he's still having to deal with terrible civil rights. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to do all of this, it's like, it seems only deserving that he's had this much of an influence on American world culture. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say. Like, he's been around for it all, pretty much. Like, he's seen shit change so much and yet stay exactly the same. And with music alone, just the technology, and he's been able to, like, successfully use all of it to his advantage. Like, he hasn't, like, none of his shit sounds dated, you know? And what I appreciate as a composer who's brought up the old school way, this man sat down like he was writing an essay and was just writing out eighth, sixteenth notes, you know, the little eighth note with the sixteenth at the end, like he didn't even need a piano or a keyboard it, in front of him. I knew what it was I've never really
1: like. seen someone look literate in music, right? and he was just, yeah, I know exactly how this is gonna in sound.
0: Pen too. Yeah. Ink. He ain't needed eraser. He knew.
1: It, it just blew my mind. <laughs> well, it's to fun. go back
2: to the sto- to go back to the storytelling of it all, like uh, the specific documentary angle um i think that was also what's cool about having those two story threads is that you have you know them going through his career and his life so that's like you just said throughout civil rights and throughout you know jim crow and all that stuff but in the in the b storyline of the modern day that they're filming it it's culminating throughout even as you know health scares into that opening Mm -hmm. of the museum and just honestly that you know as a as silly to say but you know I'm a human rather than I I, I, that was the part that got me more emotional than anything and and that says like oh yeah a a white dude or whatever but I mean if you can empathize or you could like actually you know Try and understand any of that history. It's hard not to be really fucking moved at that point, and then to have it through the eyes of uh, Mm. Quincy Jones, who's like, um, you know, and then like just to say like, you know, something about the president, because at the time they're filming Barack was or Obama was president, and uh, you know, politics aside, I think that's fucking great in in of itself as a benchmark and as a statement. But you know, it's kind kind of weird now, um, but. You know, cool. but, yeah, that, I think that that's why the filmmakers, I don't know who put it together, but they did a fantastic job on what they chose to focus on and as, mm-hmm. like, the arc of, you know, but, yeah. And then uh, just when I, I didn't realize him and Ray Charles were that tight either. And when Ray Charles was, like, singing to yeah. him yeah, at yeah, one that, point, that was I was really like, ooh, cool. I'm about to lose it.
0: when the Kennedy Center thing? And I'm like, so they're just going to have us in our feelings. They're not even going to make this one of the short clips. They're going to... Have this one go out and Ray's telling them he loves him and stuff. I'm like, please, I can't
1: yeah. deal with this.
0: Let's just. <laughs> uh,
1: I wonder if he had anything to do with the, the
0: movie. Yeah. Yeah, we were wondering. I guess I could look it up now. If he, uh, he had to have some influence on the movie, Ray. Maybe it's like an advisor. You
2: know what? You know what? Yeah, I'm not sure at all, but it stands to reason. I
0: think he had to. are you checking that out yeah um let's see well I don't see his name in the main credits but like I speaking of the movie Ray I'm so used to seeing him depicted that way (laughs) that when they showed Ray Charles when he was older playing it like took me aback I'm like wait what (laughs) yeah he
1: was was, yeah
2: uh it's Yeah, you know, I think I was maybe a sophomore in high school when he passed away. It was probably like 2004 or something.
1: That's when the movie came. Ray came. The movie came out in 2004.
0: But I think he died before it came out. Okay, he he passed away in probably 2002. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I know I
2: was in high school, and I got into high school in 2001, so somewhere right around there. But uh, you know, I grew up knowing him and hearing his music, but a lot of it just because how I grew up and where I grew up and the time and all that kind of stuff. Uh, It was a lot through the Cosby show and through Pepsi commercials and then just the standards, but I didn't really have like a collection of Ray Charles music until, you know, uh, probably more along the lines, like a lot of people when the movie came out, but um, I knew, you know, the respect was there, but it's just, you never really actually, I mean, and there's so many amazing people out there. It'd be hard to, you know, uh, go through everybody's catalog, but uh, obviously Ray mm-hmm. Charles stands stands above. But um, yeah, I, uh, I forgot where I was going I necessarily with this, other up. than What's that.
0: I said I loved his rendition of America the Beautiful. It always gets me emotional, ever since Sandlot. But <laughs> do you remember when they used it in Sand? Was that Sandlot or Sandlot Two? They used it. I know which song. I know which
1: version you're talking of but
0: i think it's sandlot too because the fireworks are going off and they all stop to look at them but then what's his name is running around the bases while ray charles is america the beautiful place
2: from quincy to sandlot too
0: there's a connection i was telling dante too i was like you know how they have the six degrees of kevin bacon there's only like one degree to quincy jones i feel like after seeing that and maybe that was my one degree ray charles quincy jones
1: (laughs) who knows maybe you worked with your uh
0: with my granddad? granddad. I was Dad. wondering that too. Yeah. I was like, does he know Arthur Croom? Can I drop into his assistant's emails and be like, listen, my grandfather was part of the stirs Did he do anything with that? Anything? But he knew Sam Cooke, because Sam Cooke was with them for a little bit with the stirs. Sam Cooke knows Quincy. Yeah, he sang with them for a little bit. Um." Oh but yeah, he also sing with you. And grandfather. my grandfather had the chance to sing with Aretha but Aretha was into the secular music at the time and they're like, Look, we're doing strictly gospel here and I'm like, You you did what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? You could have worked
0: like I could have Auntie Aretha or something, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um What was I gonna say? Oh, I don't know if you guys... Dante, I know you don't watch it, but the show Empire...
1: I've seen a few episodes.
0: uh, With uh, Terrence Howard. I stopped watching it. Don't do it. I I watched it for a little bit, but after seeing Quincy's story here, and especially about his mother, I'm like, did Empire fucking rip off Quincy Jones' story (laughs) and make Terrence Howard like the Quincy Jones-esque character? Because in the show Empire, Terrence Howard, he's like, it, it's called Empire because he owns Empire Records and it's like a family run thing. And he started this production company when he was young and, but it's for hip hop, R&B, stuff like that. Um, and his mother, who he runs away from in the show because she has schizophrenia as well, Um, comes back and finds him and it's like now in his life and causing issues and stuff and I don't know there was just like a lot of parallels from Quincy's story and Empire and I'm like really guys? I think you owe Mr. Jones some money (laughs) if he doesn't have something to do with it already
2: (laughs) maybe he's uh, involved with that or something you know?
0: but that and uh, I didn't know he did the color purple I have seen the color purple so many times it is a staple in the black yeah, household. I didn't, I
1: didn't know he, like, discovered Oprah.
0: That, too! I'm like, what? We can thank him. And then in the freaking documentary, I was discovered! I'm like, really? <laughs> well, yeah,
2: right. And I didn't know that that was her first movie, actually. Or, like, the first thing she did. I thought she was already, like, crossing over from being uh, a star of sorts at that time. Mm-mm. Rather than that. Mm-hmm. that seemed like it was the first thing she did.
0: I love Lord knows I do. (laughs) That's how I knew it first. Miss Sophia.
1: (laughs) I honestly don't remember. I don't Um, remember about that. I don't remember who my first Oprah.
0: What your first Oprah experience was. (laughs) Yeah, I don't
1: remember my first Oprah experience.
0: Mine was the color purple. But it's interesting
2: to note that it feels like she's just always been
1: around. Yeah. Uh, That's
0: why I had to do the math. I'm like, wait.
1: It was like her and Jerry Springer.
0: Oh yeah, wasn't he mayor of something first?
1: They're different, like oh yes, oh they're much <laughs> different. But it's like it, as as growing up as a kid, it was always like oh, both of man. their shows were almost monolithic. You
0: know, Jerry has Jerry's final thoughts at the end. That's that's Oprah isk. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um i never really watched either of them i would have gone with jerry over no for back in the day
0: well we we had a problem in our household so i definitely watched both no it was an issue um but i was gonna say about ray charles my family i don't i don't know if anyone's worked with them i should just see if anybody's worked with my granddad and see if i can get like free concert tickets or something but my granny i remember you remember when i was like big bobbleheads that sing were in and like the big mouth bass that sings that you like hang on your wall.
1: Oh, yeah. Really kitschy crap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they had a James Brown one and a uh, Ray Charles one. And my granny had both of them, but she freaking loves that Ray Charles big bobblehead standy that's saying hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more no more, That's one of no the more, oldest no songs more. I
1: know. Really? Like that, that was first songs too I remember hearing. It was like that was yeah, that'd probably have to be one of the first songs I heard remember hearing as a kid.
0: Man, I gotta watch Ray after this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time.
0: Anywho, um I wrote down a quote from them as well when he said, I might be wrong on this, you can correct me. Um Not an ounce of my self-worth is dependent on your acceptance of me is apparently something him and Ray Charles said all the time. And I'm like, that is good. Yeah. Get that tattooed.
2: No doubt. Um, Yeah, that's fantastic for anybody, anytime, you know. Um,
0: And I will say that I a little bit prejudged Quincy Jones because before this documentary, again, I didn't know – much else about him, just everything he did. Like I didn't know about his personality or anything. But if we all remember they had that tell he had this tell all interview with I don't know what publication. It was
1: uh Rolling Stone.
0: Oh. Oh. And he just went That's in what I thought about Marlon Brando. Um Well it wasn't
1: bad. He was just it wasn't bad. He was just kinda like outing him.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Just telling everybody's business, and I'm like, this is amazing. So I just hey, he's that connection to the past.
1: They have to. We the public needs to know. It needs to be recorded for history's sake.
0: That's true. (laughs) And then his daughters made him apologize.
1: (laughs) Oh really?
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I didn't know about that part. That's fine. I didn't
1: hear about that part. Well, then you know he. Was, look, he was being that's honest. what I also
0: loved about the documentary. It's like him with his daughters, it was so cute to see. Like he is such, he tried, he wants to right his wrongs with the way he thinks he messed up with his marriage and his family life while he was working. And he's just so sweet with his daughters and his grandkids. Oh, it was just so nice to like see him in that environment. Yeah, I got it. Leslie Gore, that's another surprising person I didn't think Ooh. he worked with. Leslie Gore, the, it's my party
1: and okay, oh, yeah. if I want to.
0: And also, you don't own me. Own me, I mean. If you've seen the first Wives Club, yeah, I, <laughs> I have a little asterisk here, Bebop and Hip Hop. He was talking about, uh one, I didn't know he was like in connections with Tupac and Biggie. And yeah, when no, he I mentioned Suge Knight, I got so upset. I'm like, can this man just leave? Like, fuck him. <laughs> I'm one of those people who think he cost everything. But how he was saying that bebop and hip hop are almost one in the same, where back in his day, bebop was like for the cool kids, quote unquote. And But they also, you know, wanted to send a message and spoke their minds, things of that nature. And that's exactly what hip hop did. And he brought them all together because he's like, you know, we need to speak up. We need to be political. You can't not be political. And yeah, yeah. It was really great of him. And then, you know, told them to, you know, not fuck around because these bullets are real. And, and...
1: they only listen <laughs> after they killed yeah. you know, two of their best. That's the
0: other thing. I haven't really seen any. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say nothing like that has happened since then in hip-hop, but there has been with recently with these two, I don't know who they are, but one of these uh, super young rappers. Like one of the kids with the fun-colored hair, and they were like those but what, rainbow who are you?
1: Bro- but what are you referring to? What event?
0: Like uh, they got shot and killed. Like a hip-hop beef sort of thing. But I was gonna say since then I hadn't seen anything like that, but um I guess it's just not as prevalent, thank God. But I mean they were pumping kind of <laughs> up the other
2: stuff to be like whole coast wars, you know.
0: Yeah. Um but I appreciated that. And I never would have thought to put Bebop and Hip Hop together. Like I would have never thought to compare that.
1: Really? <laughs> I mean, they're Miles Davis
2: records that uh, are very hip-hop in the percussion section and in the, the drums, but mm-hmm. he's, you know, just doing his thing over it. So it's pretty cool.
0: Oh, yeah. I was going to say 90s hip-hop was big on sampling jazz now that I think about it.
2: Yeah, sure. I call for a lot.
0: Like the the one, I forget the name of the group who does it, but the one's like, because I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like yeah. that. I didn't know he did the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That or
1: <laughs> Sanford and Sons. Oh
0: my God, Sanford and Sons got me. I, I legitimately had to pause the the movie when they started playing Sanford and Sons. I was like, wait, no. <laughs> one of like the biggest and most recognizable songs. Yeah, for sure. I don't. They don't make things like that anymore. Sure don't.
1: Well, I mean, Seinfeld was pretty good.
0: Well, that was 90s though.
1: That is true. Not
0: now. I don't even know oh, a theme song from oh, now. Oh, you
1: guys, yeah. Okay. Oh, Big
0: Bang Theory, they've got one.
1: No. Bare Naked Ladies, little BNR. Nah, I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean L. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean Malcolm the Middle they might be giants.
0: But that's not now. That's 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Malcolm's Christ.
1: old. That is old. Oh, wow.
0: But going back into this I would just like to say that I probably would have given up after I had the first brain aneurysm but this man had two brain surgeries survived them both and then went into a diabetic fucking coma
1: well not one after another I
0: know but still he was 81 when he had that diabetic coma you usually not, don't I'm, come back to great from this. I'm not arguing
1: that. I'm just saying. and You I like, made it sound like it was one after another. Like,
0: No, it wasn't one after the other, but you know what I mean. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, well, that goes back to that manic
2: like, need to create, I think, Whereas, just like a person like that, whether they're rich from it or whether they're broke from it, healthy or whatever, a person like that just... You know, their love for the music and their love of outputting uh, feeling through music is just going to surpass whatever else they need to do in a lot of cases. But, you know, if you get successful from it, hopefully it could afford you some time to, you know, have a family and blah, 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 and enjoy the other aspects of life uh, rather than just always chasing after something or running from something.
0: Yeah, he mentioned that. He mentioned that after he got the uh, divorce, I forgot his last wife's name, but the woman who was in the mod squad, that actress. Yeah, I don't remember. I,
1: don't, I know it. I just don't. Um,
0: I just thought, well, one, I really loved the telling of their relationship anyway. It was so sweet. And... If I paid attention back then, I think I would have been a little upset that they got divorced as a fan, you know. Um, but I think, I mean, they have to be OK enough for her to do this documentary. And side note, she sound well, Rashida sounds just like her. Like, I thought it was Rashida talking sometimes. And they look a lot alike, too. My God, because I always saw Rashida Jones and I'm like, I don't see it. Like, I was surprised when I found out she was Quincy Jones's daughter. But then I saw her mom, and I'm like, that's just because she looks just like her mama. That's all that is.
1: <laughs> a little tanner version of her
0: mom. Yeah. Um, shit, I went on a tangent about Rashida, and now I forgot where I was going. Oh, he mentioned um, when they got the divorce that he had to really step back and look at what he was doing and where he was going. And he's like, I'm just running from shit, and I can't keep running from shit. Like, and I just really like how self-aware he was, you know?
2: Or even, like, video of him doing, like, yoga and shit in the early 80s. Oh, yeah. And, you know, well oh, before yeah. that's mainstream. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> like, in you know, national treasure right there. For sure.
0: Uh, it's just so we, wise. Just talking to Kendrick talking, Lamar.
1: Who are we talking there there was another person we, i was just talking to about like old like famous musicians and stuff like that uh working out and i think oh it was uh rolling stones uh what's the guy's name i can't think of it Richard? yeah it was keith richards like apparently he works out like twice a day really like every day oh oh it, i was watching uh joe rogan and he he was just like an interview or something like that, and it was just like he works out two times a day for like four hours and it's just like wow. kinda reminds me of like how much those older guys have to work out to stay in Oh, yeah, because 'cause they're
0: still touring, I
1: forgot. Yeah. Well I mean even with Quincy Jones it's like he needs to work out more to mm-hmm. keep his health up.
2: Yeah, no, they were they were talking
1: about Mick J- Mick Jagger,
2: the singer of the songs. But uh Keith Richards yeah, the yeah, one that's more synonymous. Yeah, for doing the drugs and stuff. But, yeah, Mick Jagger's definitely in shape. I mean, all those dudes are over their 70s now, so. Oh, yes. You know, I mean, if you're going to be doing however many shows per night running across an arena stage, I mean, not shows per night, shows per week uh, or month or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's pretty intense.
0: I didn't mean to lead you astray. I was just naming people, and he said I led him astray with the name. And I'm like, I was just naming people in Rolling Stones. I
2: just <laughs> whatever. But, I mean, most people are only gonna name two, so you either got the dude who's pretty on the straight and narrow, and uh, you know, in shape, like you were referring to, or you got Keith Richards, who's more known for being like, you know, uh, the you know, the guy who can kind of handle whatever drugs. But even, even him, he's been, you know, uh, really sober from hardship, if, you know, as he claims for right. the, a long, long time. Much longer than it's seems.
0: Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I who wouldn't have expect him would
1: have, I'm totally fine with his drug use and everything, but who would have figured he would have lasted as long as he has?
0: That was the other thing I was going to say. Like, he... What I felt... This is going way, way back. This was the thing I forgot. What... Um, <laughs> when uh while he was doing the uh or working on the production for the uh, museum and they brought him into one of the exhibits Quincy Jones yeah okay for the music it's like he I think I mentioned it a little bit but everyone he knows and loves is represented in that room you know like, so who better bringing him in
1: there to make sure everything's right.
0: Right. I'm like, who better to have produced this program than a person who's like oh responsible or associated with almost everybody in there? Holy shit. <laughs> and I was going to say about Michael, too. Um, oh, yeah. oh, wait, no, I'll go back because we were talking about the drug use. Um, I just hate that he had to see a lot of his friends go because of that. And I think maybe, I don't know if if Quincy was into it either, but from what I saw, maybe that helped him to, you know, shape up. Yeah, well,
2: I'm guessing coming up throughout those decades with those people with that amount of money, it'd be hard not to have at least dabbled. But when you start seeing your friends dying or losing everything, um, including their genius sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, you, a person of more self-control might uh, be able to be like, okay, that's enough. You know, hey, if you can learn from other people's mistakes before fucking up yourself, more power to mm-hmm. you, you know? But I, I had no idea how if that was his thing. Yeah.
0: They didn't mention him, but wasn't he also associated with Prince Quincy Jones? Or maybe they were just... Yeah, maybe
1: he worked with them? I don't. I don't remember anything because specific. Because I
0: remember he wanted Prince to do "We Are the World," and Prince said that's going to be a big nope, and just sent money, which is fine. He donated. Which is yeah. fine. He donated. Fine. But, no, that's way cooler, right. actually. <laughs> like I would have really loved to see Prince throw shade at everybody in that recording studio.
2: Yeah. But it's just not even really a, like it's just a <laughs> shitty song. Right? I I mean I imagine that's probably why Prince didn't want to do it. No offense. I mean it's just it's a boring tune to me. Yeah. Obviously, who who the fuck am I though? I mean the song sold however many millions of copies and is pretty legendary in its own right. But uh I don't know. I mean it does feel like everybody's kind of dialing it in. You got Bruce Springsteen screaming and shit. And, uh, I love Bruce Springsteen, but it's just, I don't know. It's pretty, ha- it's yeah, not my thing. There's a
0: video of um, them recording and like just going through takes, and Michael sings this part, and then it's Bruce Springsteen and Cindy Lauper next, and Cindy Lauper like screeches out a note. And Cindy has pipes when she uses them correctly, like she can sing. But this note was not that great. And Michael, like, stopped, like, swaying and looked at her. And then Bruce Springsteen sang something, and he was even more pissed. And I'm like, this is fantastic. This is... <laughs> Musicians, they're just like us. Or celebrities. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, when you think about it, I don't know how I'll feel about We Are The World if it weren't such a, like, iconic symbol. You know what I mean? Like, yes, cool for raising that much money, but the songs, I make fun of it more than I actually sing it now that God, I think really about it. They don't have
1: those kinds of uh, <laughs> dial-in fund drives sort of things. <laughs> they don't really do those anymore, other than PBS.
0: You know, they tried to remake We Are The World with current artists. Lil Wayne was in there, and uh, it didn't go well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would imagine not. Guys, did not go well. Ooh, yeah. They
0: tried it though. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't have enough things to say about him or this documentary that aren't gonna start to sound redundant. Like he's just, it's just a lot to take in. Number one, he's just very. I don't know. I think maybe now I look more. I look up to him a bit more than I did. Again, not saying that I didn't know him or know what he did, but I just didn't know to what degree. Like, he's just...
2: Totally.
0: He is everywhere.
2: Everywhere, Everywhere, for sure. For
0: sure. <laughs> and it's just, I, I appreciate him for being here and for being this beacon of hope in music. And sort of like a musical ambassador from the past, like he's seen and knows everything. You know, you can't argue with Quincy rank. Jones. Like who
1: else is there that's from that far back that's left?
0: Not a one that I can mean, think of. Like I,
1: you know, maybe Herbie Hancock and Sonny Rollins on the jazz end. Yeah. Like the, the, maybe Ramsey Lewis. Like those guys are getting pretty old too, but they they, they didn't don't have the Yeah, they didn't span the gamut of.
0: He's worked in everything. The man's got it. He got Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't I mean, to that, him but... Mar- but
0: uh, Ooh, I just, I don't... He doesn't really have to do anything. I was going to say, I wonder what he's going to do next. But he has so many... When I was... uh, When they featured his artist in the documentary, like a Quincy Jones artist, I didn't know who a lot of those people were. And they were really fucking good. And I'm like, why aren't they more out there? But I guess I really wouldn't care if I were working under Quincy Jones. I would just be happy to be there. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> I was just happy to be working.
0: <laughs> oh, Ringo. So, in case anyone wasn't aware, I'm not saying that your accomplishments aren't great, because they are. Me today, I, um, what did I accomplish? I did a couple dishes. That's a great accomplishment for me today. Dante, do you have a great accomplishment?
1: I drew for a bit.
0: There you go, Dante drew. Matt, what's your accomplishment for the day?
2: I got my, uh, so you want one? Or, I got, I've been and running can errands be all day, I uh i know i got my car fixed earlier i've been doing all my laundry and cleaning the house after uh, way too long and uh i'm gonna get into some editing after this and and that will be that
0: we'll be back to the grind next week well it's good see he's he's going back to the grind next week and maybe just maybe we can all together combined have 2900 songs recorded 300 albums recorded. Jesus Christ. 51 film and TV credits, you know, under our belt. 1,000 compositions written. 29, or I'm sorry, 76 Grammys nominated. Sorry. 76 Grammy nominations. And then we can win 27 of those Grammys. Uh, Then we just got to get one of each other award to achieve an EGOT, um, have seven kids and however odd many grandchildren and one great grandchild and we
1: all by the age
0: of of 81
1: (laughs) or 83 or something like that. We
0: could be Quincy Jones. Well, I've got the
2: seven kids part down so that you could accept. You are halfway
0: there. Good job. Good job.
2: I, it's uh, just the um, all the music accomplishments. The kids are there somewhere.
0: The kids are there somewhere. Uh, to anyone
2: listening, that is all a joke. Don't worry about that. That's definitely not true. But if it were true, I'd still probably make that joke. No, I'm gone. kidding. Um, I would have kept it going. No, there's only four of them out there somewhere. That's true. <laughs> some it's like three and a half i don't know whatever but um yeah so no that's crazy yeah but all by the age 82 well good luck i mean you know i don't shit
0: good luck. <laughs> well best of luck to you with that one i uh am not gonna yeah, pretend to be insane. in a race
2: with quincy jones that's for damn sure i have enough hard time like feeling you know being in a race with myself
0: shit. i'm saying shit. That's why I was like, I was stressed out a little bit after I realized everything. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: (laughs) Also, one parting note: twenty dollars was a lot more money back then. Oh yeah, he was charging
0: twenty dollars a composition.
1: Yeah, right. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) Man, I just I'm again I'm just really grateful to have Quincy Jones influence my life. Oh, one last quick note. Maybe I'll, like, cut and splice to put it at the beginning. But I wanted to say, and I've said this to everyone I know, I'm pretty sure, but Michael Jackson's vocals were never better than when he had those three damn albums with Quincy.
2: They were never better?
0: Never fucking better.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... Like yeah, and the well his career and might is, is arguably never better.
0: His- oh that that as well. That is, like I'm a hardcore Michael fan, but even I will admit I'm like he's. I loved him as an entertainer, and those three albums I loved his vocals, but after that I feel like he was phoning in a lot of the vocals. I'm like you can do more, Mikey, you could do it. I mean whatever he still was very well off, but. I just, and and the musicality of it all as well. And when he sang as a scarecrow in The Wiz, I feel like that's the hardest he's ever worked outside of the Jackson 5 with his voice. Like just that first little, you can win. I'm like, okay, Michael. I'm like, am I attracted to Michael Jackson right now? Maybe. Maybe. That's, yeah, hey, I don't this know. This is all
1: news to me, people. I do not know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there
1: you go <laughs>
0: uh, but that's all I wanted to say like I just I,
2: I I was too
0: he brought out the best in everybody and Sarah okay one last super fan moment when he was in the studio with Sarah Vaughn that woman oh, yeah and I say this in the kindest way reminded me of my grandmother just walking in to the kitchen or something to like cook a good hearty meal and then this woman barely opened her mouth and let out the richest, creamiest note I have ever heard I'm like, this woman sounds like butter melting on top of cornbread (laughs) Yeah. at like the age of like 70 something, like Sarah Vaughn was
1: was a warm, uh, her voice is a warm hug.
0: Seriously, like ooh bless it, okay and that was Bree's super fan rant of the you day. You want to
1: be wrapped in velvet,
0: <laughs> uh, Sarah?
1: No, I was just saying you want to be wrapped in velvet. That's what her voice is like. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. What is this velvet?
2: Uh huh. Yeah, guys. All
0: right. Well, thank you, Matt, for chiming on in. Thank
2: you. Yeah. No, I'm down. It's in good to, in to hear What's
1: that? It was good to talk with you and hear from you. Oh, you too, brother, you too.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Brian Friends Gang. To stay updated with the latest episodes every week. Subscribe via SoundCloud and or Apple Podcasts at Brian Friends. That's B-R-I-Ampersand Friends. To get some behind the scenes and fun little updates, follow the show on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter links to all of that including my personal and music pages are in the description box as always keep on keeping on and i'll see you guys next time